for The Daily Review, a podcast dedicated to reviews and discussion of TV, movies, and books. Look for us at Daily Review on Facebook and Twitter and dailyreview.com on the web. That's D-A-L-E-Y review.com. This is Paul. And this is Caroline. And together we're Daily Review. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, tonight we're here to review the 11th episode of the third season of NBC's This Is Us. This one was called Songbird Road Part 1. I think it's super weird that it's called Part 1. What's up with that, Paul? I bet that means there's going to be another part. <laughs> <laughs> and then another and another and another. Mm, that would get kind of boring, wouldn't it? I bet I bet they just have at least one more part. I think- with, And then cease with the parts. I mean, we're going to have to see if Nikki comes or goes, basically, right? And that'll be- I mean, I don't know that's going to be like any great economic loss to Nikki if, if he just abandons that cabin there. <laughs> cabin wow that's a luxurious way of calling that tin can it's like a pull behind travel trailer yes it once was something that would roll i think if you got it tried to make it roll now it would just shake apart yes i believe that is true very true and it's especially poignant because they bother to do that flashback where nikki as a little tiny guy they show him loving fishing and that he wants to buy two big houses on a big lake and he wants and then they you know show this very sad sardine can of an existence that he's lived in we can assume right after vietnam all the way through till now he's 70 but let's get into nikki's story if you guys haven't followed along with our podcast before we avoid going through the plot scene by scene and instead try to chunk it out for you a little bit make some sense with the characters and their changes so we're going to start off with nikki we have been following his journey for quite some time especially this entire vietnam season we've had this is the bookend to the way that we ended up last season's final vietnam scene where we get to see what the explosion was and uh, what went down we had some Um, predictions, or at least I did, that this would have been the sort of situation where boat was blown up and that Nikki would have taken advantage of the disarray to just disappear. And that is not what happened. No, it's worse. Well, is it worse? Well, I mean... That's kind of a good question. Is it it worse than we all had imagined or... Or is it just a hell of a lot more complicated? In my scenario, he could have, you know, Don Drapered his way back into civilization and just needed to lay low because he couldn't be Nikki Pearson anymore. You know what I mean? Correct. Although he is still Nikki Pearson. And in this version, as you saw, he he blew up the little boy and this this makes it so that Jack can't forgive him anymore. Like okay, he's, but he's all we've got to tease that out because that's not what happened. So oh, the yeah. important- Part of this is that they show us that Nikki definitely, we knew, had a drug issue. We knew that he had an issue being a medic and sampling all of his various pain medications. That he had had this falling out with Jack verbally where he was expressing the fact that he didn't feel like he could trust or protect any of these women, children, or elderly people because none of them were truly on their side. They were all still really the enemy. And so we had really been set up to think that Nikki was a terrible person who was absolutely going to lure this child away and kill him. Okay? That was the setup. Right. So the fact that really they share a chocolate bar, they put, you know, Nikki puts his glasses on the little boy, they're playing, 
And in that moment, you know, you made a great observation that it seemed like Nikki really saw the little boy as a person. I mean, if you look at the moment last season when the boy was, I think it was the same boy, was going to probably get an infection and sepsis and die from this bad cut on his foot. He was prepared to let that happen. Absolutely. He said he would not help. And now he's willing to play games, go fishing. It wasn't very smart fishing, but it was it was an activity. (laughs) with the boy and he was clowning around a little bit he was clowning and that's the thing like he was really that laugh that he had that's so my older cousin boy laughs that like you know they would take me on like their newspaper route or something but they would be the ones to teach me how to like ride no-handed or you know do something ridiculous that you know they're going to teach me how to jump off the roof onto the trampoline it's that rambunctious taking it a little too far being a little too crazy you know grenades when you go fishing, that kind of thing. Like we all had in our past. Of course. I mean, (laughs) who hasn't done a little grenade fishing? Who hasn't? But you know what? I definitely know people, people who have done firecracker fishing. And, you know, ways that you blow up fish and and send them up to the top. So given that, I mean, that's a whole side of me, Paul, that you don't, I mean, you don't know what I do on my Saturdays no, when I head out. No, I don't the check day. in. You uh, really don't. And so, you know, you don't know what I'm up to. I'm firecracker fishing, the doy. How do you think we have Sunday big dinner with all those fish? Right. With all the little burnt marks on them. Right. How come this is just a head? I've, I've asked and you've said, <laughs> never you mind, eat your fish heads. I said, well, you got blown up, sir. <laughs> so, all right. So this was, of course, a very serious situation. I know we're laughing, but it was dramatic and scary. And the entire interaction between Jack and Nikki and the recognition that Nikki knew Jack thought he did it on purpose. Nikki couldn't hear because of the shock of the blast. You think he did it? You think that? that he? That he I thought it was just yes. like it was. I thought this is my thought that it didn't matter if it was on purpose. It was related to probably related to drugs because even if it was an accident but you were on drugs then it still doesn't matter to jack you know what i mean well and that's a good question because they did show nikki like pretty zoned out at the with the initial part of this sequence yes kind of they i mean they did like the blurring kind of vision and everything his kind of maniacal laughing again was kind of out of character in terms of who he was when he's sober. Yeah, you're right. I mean, this was something he did when he was high. I guess you want to think he didn't lure the little boy to his death. He Definitely not. He was just trying to have a good time and it absolutely got out of hand. Literally. <laughs> out, of, out of hand. Right. Into the boat. Into the gunnels of the boat. Right. <laughs> We're terrible. We're awful. We should be so much more reverent. What's wrong with us? It was a fictional little boy. It is a fictional little boy. You guys, he's fine. He didn't die. Right. He's the okay. Actor His is mom fine. is fine. Right. Everybody's cool. I do want to talk a little bit about the fact that Nikki ultimately never got to tell the truth to Jack. That is what a huge, huge, not just story in this episode, but across this entire story of This Is Us, the idea of what parts of the story are being told, what parts being shared with different characters, and what parts are only being shared with us as viewers. And what does that do to the story and what we think of the different characters? In this show so far, we've gotten to see Jack recover from alcoholism. Yes. And we've gotten to see Kevin make a lot of progress in recovering from his addictions and, you know, his his uh, career problems, right? Yes. And those have all been, but those have been very public victories for those characters. You know, everyone's been there to celebrate that they've done well. 
that they've done a good job, that they've turned a corner. What happened with Nikki in this episode was that he, even if it was drug fueled or drug um, tainted, he went from being a dick to this kid in a life-threatening situation to being cool to this kid and genuinely cool. You know, he didn't mean to blow up the poor little kid. It was, it was, he wanted to go to other fishing spots later, you know? So so. it really, and it, and what solidified that, I think that it's so interesting when you have a really small scene and then if you didn't have it, it would have changed everything. Having that two second scene of him going fishing with Jack as a little boy and really cementing that as like, this is a hobby that he loves and that he's genuinely trying to share something with this little boy. It's funny, right? Because you can watch hours and hours and hours of a show and then you can chase little moments back to like these just two second conversations or whatever. And you're like, but that made all the difference. You know, that changed everything about who that character was. Really, if without that, I I still would have wondered if he was luring that boy to his death. You know, just saying, let's go fishing as like a euphemism. But Mm. I really felt that he was saying that because they bothered to put in the reminiscing about how much he loved to go fishing. So that seemed more sincere, less child abuser. Well, uh, as they had defined Nikki to me in in my watcher's mind, he wasn't a psychotic person. He was a depressed person. He was an addict and he had strong views, but child just uh, joy killer was, was not... Was not one of those qualities. So let's talk about uh, for a second here about Nikki's growth as a character. And we talked about this offline here. But what do you think as a storytelling tactic, the fact that we are the only people who are going to know his story, that no matter how many times he tries to explain it to the living Pearsons, the fact that he never got to tell Jack that everyone else will always wonder. But we are the ones who saw the actual events and can feel 90 percent positive that it was all happening with an open heart. He never meant to have anything happen with this kid. What does it mean that we as the audience are really the only people who are ever going to know that? I think it puts us in the position of needing to feel like we need to pull for this character with this second chance that he might take in next week's episode in terms of reintegrating with his family. It may not be Jack because that can't happen anymore, but it it can be Jack's family. Mm -hmm. You know, whether or not you recognized it when you watched it, since you're listening, I mean, wisely to this podcast, (laughs) we're, we're, we're telling you that he, in a, in a way did redeem part of, part of the goodness that was, young Nikki in that act. It went horribly wrong for other reasons, but it wasn't the kindness part. And that's still there. It's just never been rewarded or recognized by anybody else. And I think that it was haunted by that that incident in a way that, you know, Miguel describes inside Jack that he had a darkness. And I think that that's something that Nikki obviously this was everything, you know, seeing the mother's face screaming and crying and all that stuff was that that defined him, you know, for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that he could ever find a way to redeem this, uh, you know, is amazing. I cannot imagine being in his position where with Jack gone and he tried for so long with the postcards to reach out and then he tried to tell his story in person. He never could get it out. He never could really clean his name. Like for me, that would break my heart in a way that I don't think I could ever come out of it in any way. 
shape or form, even with the new family, I think my heart would be so broken. I don't know if this is mendable. And it will be interesting because everybody so far, the Dejas, the Williams, everybody who has come into their lives can be fixed. And so will this be a scenario in which you find somebody who may not be able to be fixed? We did have Deja's mom. She was unfixable. I mean, she couldn't be absorbed into the Pearson clan and turn into, you know, Cinderella at the ball. Like it couldn't happen. And in fact, she couldn't even stick around because she couldn't deal with that. This is going to be a real interesting character. They've killed Jack. So they've they've made it clear that they're willing to make it so that some things just just end unfulfilled, you know. Right. Right. So let's talk about Jack. Did this change your opinion of Jack? And most especially, of course, the moment that everybody's pointing out online and and in discussion group, Reddit and everywhere else is that the fact that he was given the opportunity to turn right or left, go back to see his family or go back and see his brother, he opted to go back to his family. Does that change your opinion of him as a family man? Does that change your opinion of him just generally of like who he actually was? Absolutely not. I mean, he, he said that with such conviction. <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of, uh, it might be a risky or unpopular thing to say, but Jack is has proven to be very ca- capable of giving people the motivation that they need when they need it. All kinds of kind of superhuman dad kind of shit. But he's also, he's also cut his dad out of his life completely, even though he was on his deathbed at, uh, on certain episodes. He was like, fuck him, you know? He didn't say that, but that was his attitude, basically. Right. So is it any shock to anyone that Jack can successfully just block a person out of his life? Not this viewer. It's very interesting you said that because, you know, Jack defends himself by saying, you know, he can't change his own wiring. He's not wired that way and he can't basically forgive and forget like he just can't. I do take it differently. The abusive father versus the brother that you kept under your wing your whole life and actually went to war and to go find. I mean, this was a very different relationship. Good point. He went to war. Went to war. To go try to help this guy and he's still fucked up. You know, so he's like, I put my life on the line to try to fix this right. for you. You didn't accept my help and you get, and you made it worse. Is it like at three strikes point, and you're out kind of thing at that point? Well, it sounds like a hundred strikes, but it. Right. this is the point he mentions in the cabin or the trailer. He mentions, he says, do you want a beer? He says, no, I don't drink anymore. I think, I mean, yes, when men get together, they drink beer. But I think that was like a reminder to be like, he has a lifestyle and a mindset now where you cut bad shit out completely because it may just seep into your life and and dominate the way that you do things from then on. So I like the way that they had Miguel actually explain that to Rebecca. And I I thought that his verbiage was worth writing down. You know, his comment that he said was that there was a darkness inside Jack. And if it got out, that your light, Rebecca, and the children's light would get swallowed up by this darkness. And so I think that Nikki obviously represented a huge chunk of this darkness. It makes sense to me that he had to walk away. But at the same, I mean, I'm only speaking for myself. I'm terrible at this kind of stuff, you guys. I am 
totally the girl who like goes back 10 years later and is like, I am so sorry. It has been gnawing at me that I never cleaned up that mess that last semester when we were roommates at college and like my my ride was there and I didn't like vacuum before I left. Like I literally have sent that email to <laughs> a roommate and been like, I feel really bad and it's still nagging at me that I like left a mess that you had to clean up. And I'm, I apologize for that. Crazy. Guess what? We made amends. And like, she was like, <laughs> it's fine. And like, we're friends. And like, I bought shoes from her and like, everything's cool. But like that kind of stuff, like it nags at me, y'all. Like it nags at me. I don't want to leave a trail of tears behind me in any form or fashion. I don't know that I would have had the wherewithal to do what Jack did. I think once he recognized a light source, basically, he kept going towards it and he kept doing his best to stay on track directly toward that light source. That light source was Rebecca. And Um, the children. Well, at first it was Rebecca. That night that he fell in love with Rebecca, he was supposed to rob a place. Okay, you, you are right, and that is probably never going to come to Rebecca's attention. And is it is she worse off for not knowing that? I don't think so. That brings up a wonderful little segue, Paul. How much should Rebecca have been told, and how much is it okay to? Tell lies in a relationship or just in your life in general, let's say Don Drapery. I mean, even when it comes to his work life or really, I mean, everything. How much is it okay to omit or is it okay to lie in order to not allow the past to define your future? How much is okay? What is all right? Because Rebecca is grappling, man. Fuzzy on Don. Did they they find out that he was really dick? Who's they? Like Betty and the kids. He took the kids to his house, to well, the house. I, I remember, I mean, I remember that, but did he ever say, I used to be Dick Whitman? Oh my gosh, I don't, then now you're going to make me feel like I didn't watch the show at all. I don't think he did. Huh. I think it was just that the woman that got cancer, uh, the, Mrs. Draper, the real Mrs. Draper uh, in California ever knew that he was Dick Whitman and, okay, and yeah. her, and her I'll sister. Okay, yeah, I'll go with that. Did he have to tell these lies to Rebecca? Like, could he have said, did he ever have to say that his brother was dead? Could he have just said, we had, you know, such an extreme situation that we had a falling out and I can never, ever revisit that time? Or are men just not built that way? Is this just not a thing? Saying that he's dead, like I mentioned in a couple of podcasts ago, is the same in his mind as like, he's dead to me, basically, right? He's, uh, as Obi-Wan Kenobi would say, he's dead from a certain point of view. And if you were to say, I have this uh, estranged brother that I don't plan on talking to again. There might be some wives out there that might every, every so often be like, you know, that thing about your brother's really bugging me and I think you should make up with him. Jack, as we've already just discussed, is a guy that kind of makes up his mind and goes. And so it's simpler. It's just, and, and Jack can be described as kind of a simple guy, right? Because I'm a girl and because I think so differently, I feel like I don't want to just ask you the question again, <laughs> but I still I still feel unfulfilled with that answer that it's like, well, he's simple. So he just lied because I don't think that lies are simple. I don't think anything about what he was doing was simple. It never um, comes up again. If you have a dead brother, what other business is there? I, I guess you're right in terms of like at that point. He finally did lay it to rest, like truly, I guess. I mean, I was thinking about all the, you know, the cold open with all the postcards coming and, you know, sending it to the house and all of those things that like, you know, I do have to wonder without the internet and without everything, how in the frick did Nicholas 
Pearson, in a tin can shed, managed to figure out where Jack was. That, 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 my friend, I'm going to put my little money down. There's something to that. Whenever Rebecca says, I want to know the truth, I want to know what really happened. There's something to that because there is no way that that man coming from the time he did and the lack of skill set and everything he would have, how would he find him? When did the mom die? We don't, I don't know. We haven't seen anything about the mom passing away yet. Right. We've only seen after the point in her life when Jack dropped her off with her friend. Mm-hmm. And he went off with Rebecca. That's, that's like the last that's we've the last. seen Mama Pearson. And I think that there's still fallout from that. I don't think that that's going to all go. I mean, I don't know. We don't know what happened to her. So that'll be interesting. So you're trying to say maybe she's the linchpin. Maybe maybe somehow Nikki got in touch with mom. Mom knew where Jack was. Yeah. And that's where that info came. Well, I could go for that. That makes That makes a lot of sense. What I'm wondering now, I guess, is generationally, and as we get into the kids now, does the past define you in a way that no matter how far you get away from your brother, no matter how much you you leave your toxic father and your your mm, I don't know what to say about your mom yet. We've got to find out more about her story. Can you really ever get away from it? And and does it take like a generation to have that distance to actually be able to heal some of these wounds? That's a very fluid kind of situation. As we have seen in recent times, with much less serious kinds of things, people suffer mostly career-type consequences relating to past indiscretion. Say, the firing of James Gunn from the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie for tweets sent like five or six years ago that he already publicly said that he wishes he hadn't sent. That was, that was enough in certain people's minds to bring him down, try to ruin his career. Okay, so in that case, the past defines you and absolutely ruins your future. Right. And it is that that scares the shit out of me. It's not that I've, you know, have a long history of doing evil deeds, but I I don't have just a a totally awesome track record of being awesome twenty four hours a day for the last forty one and a half years, you know? Yeah, and that's why I go back and apologize. Because <laughs> I don't want anything to come back. If anything ever comes back, it's like, well, and then, and she also apologized. So I got to believe in redemption for lots of different things. Does it sometimes take a generation like this? Like maybe, maybe Jack couldn't fix this relationship, well, you, couldn't the- fix the family tree the way it was going. But now, Kevin, with the distance, Of a generation of time. Time heals all wounds. There you go. Is that really sometimes what it takes in order to be able to truly heal a family and be able to get away from those toxic branches of your tree? And I think with Kevin and Randall and Kate, their story to me says, yeah, sometimes that's what it takes, which is wild to think about as human beings because we only think about families and our families within our lifespan. You know, we think about who our parents are and we think about who our kids are, maybe who our grandkids are, but that's about it. But if you pull the camera back the way that they have in This Is Us, and we've seen Jack's, right, grandfather, right, all the way through what we know there will be, you know, adult Tess and Annie and all that kind of stuff, then it, it, it really does make you like realize that, you know, choices that were made at different points in time generationally have told your story. 
That's a that's a mind blowing Randall mind blown of this episode <laughs> comment <laughs> over and over. Uh, you know, moment to realize that like we're being affected by choices people made generations before us, and things we're doing right now affect our great great grandkids that we're never going to meet. Yeah, I mean, like that's crazy. We are in a large family, so there are things happening in generations right now that are people are saying, "I never want to see you again." <laughs> and, well, and, you know, and things it, like that. It was it, this was cool how like Kevin had this opportunity and they really laid the groundwork well to write this ship in a way that I do not feel that I look at it like Jack did the wrong thing at the time he did it. I think that it was like all in due time. Like that car had to turn the other direction when Jack was driving it. But now enough time and the emotion of it and the impact that Nikki can really do on their lives has lessened to a point where they can actually re-enter his life. Right. He's not 100%. You know, he's, I mean, if you compare him to the uh, status that they, that Randall picked up William, Nikki's a, a harder project. Uh, you know, I mean, he's, he's, uh, yeah, I mean the alcohol, the gun, the all yeah, the suicide. William, William the, was in I mean, William was a recovering drug addict. Recovering. Recovering though. Yeah. The I mean, he's definitely you're right in terms of where he is mentally. He certainly is in an awful place. But but they did do a good job of like depicting Randall as definitely the seasoned vet right. of like, so we're going to go pick up a long lost relative. You know, let me show you how we road trip. We bring <laughs> these snacks and all that kind of stuff. Like he provided a lot of good comic relief. I, I would say that, you know, of this of this generation of kids, Kevin was absolutely the starring role. Randall for me was the comic relief and the sort of the a little bit, sometimes he would adjust the severity of what was happening, like how he would do the mind blown thing or how he would be like, um, yeah, I'm the, you know, I'm the black guy, you know, kind of thing. Like, you know, he did. A, I thought that that his role was well defined for me. What do you guess Kate's role was? How how did she fit into this supporting role of of this journey they were on? Here's my guess. Um, since this was just part one. I'm going to predict that there's some bit of compassion or something that only Kate can bring oh. that she needed to be there with the big three at at the time that that gets hashed out in the next episode that wasn't, I mean, she had her little stand that she made where she said, we're not leaving, which was funny timing wise because five seconds before that, she said, I really think we should go. Uh, so yeah, I think there's something very Kate centric that's going to be coming while they sort out the relationship with Nikki beyond just like one afternoon and being told to leave, you know? A hundred percent. And I, it has to work out that way for me because otherwise it actually would have made a lot of sense to make this be a brother journey because we're dealing with brothers. So if you had Kevin and Randall who have had a complex relationship all these years, and we've seen how Kevin and Randall have both come to each other's rescue during their time together as we saw with Jack and Nikki, I mean, there would have been a lot of parallels to draw, but the fact that Kate was there with them too, then you're right. I think she has to bring something to the mix that is going to change the outcome of, you know, how this, these relationships work out. Let me ask you this. Do you think that this episode changed your opinion of Kevin as a character? We've been real hard on him in the past season, although we were a lot cooler with him this season. 
Especially we had a fan who did a wonderful job of writing into us on the regular, telling us where we had like, you know, misjudged the situation or another way that we could look at it. And I think that's changed our mind a lot on on Kevin. But this one, I feel for a lot of people, did even more. What do you think? Well, we we knew that Kevin had to hit low lows in order to hit high highs. And this is definitely a big, giant step in getting toward a, a gigantic high for, for Kevin, his, his character. This is probably the first time that Kevin has made a, an adulting type decision that surpasses what his dad did. We get to see them at the same fork in the road, literally. I know. Was that overkill to have a sign that actually said Bradford, one direction, Philadelphia, the other direction? I mean, was that was that a little too after school special? Well, you'd think in 166 miles that there'd be something closer. That <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I was a little. I don't. I don't know. I don't. So was it too on the nose? Like should it just should should the character have just like been sitting there thinking about do I go back that way or do I head back towards the highway? Like it, it would have been clear if it was just be? Bradford to the left and nothing to the right. We would have understood if he went to the right. He's, he wasn't going toward Bradford. <laughs> Right, right, right. right. So. A nitpick, but it's just one of those things that was like, really? It felt a little. So if you're of the mind to believe that that Jack was, that his treatment of Nikki was a shortcoming, then then it's appropriate to think that Kevin one-upped Jack finally in some category of, of being a, a Pearson. Especially I felt like, you know, they there was a description that basically that Jack and Kevin had the most complex and difficult relationship. And, um, you know, there was that little memory that Kevin had that he remembered that he actually wanted to go that day that mm -hmm. Jack was going to go see Nikki. It was interesting because Jack told him he said something to the effect of that kids can repeat mistakes of their old man. And so I thought that, I mean, it was, again, very blatant. Very like, so he remembered that he remembered his dad saying it was a mistake. He knew his dad left. And so then it was very, so then it was very clear. I mean, it was basically like written in scripture there, right? That he was to not make the same mistake. It was right. there. Yeah. I don't know. There was something about the, the framing of Kevin in most of these. I know that he is tall. I mean, he, he, pl he played he, a superhero on, on Smallville. He's a tall guy. He is. But Where does was, he get his height in this Pearson family? None of the rest of them are like giants at all. There was something about his, the way that they framed his stature in those three shots with the, with the siblings and everything where he just stood literally and figuratively tall, you know, that yeah. like you would say he stood tall and, and made a decision, whatever. He, that was Kevin in this episode. It was... He seemed even like six inches taller than Randall for some reason. You're 100% you know? right. Uh, definitely. The optics inside the trailer, when they, I know exactly the scene you're talking about, and we didn't even watch the show together. I know exactly what you're talking about. You're right. He was like a head taller than Randall, which I do not feel <laughs> like he ever is. But you're right. He, I mean, and Kate looked like she was like two inches tall. It was very, yeah. maybe the, maybe the trailer was at a. Is that a pitch or something? I don't know. <laughs> right. He's standing on a hump. There's really no reason that should have been uh, on like some sort of level ground, really. So maybe that's what was going on. It felt very like a fable in that it, it felt like you could understand the threads from father to son, the brothers, the the relationships. Like it felt very 
heartwarming and the potential for healing. And I I do, you know, in in that same breath want to say, God, how heartbreaking was it when Kevin decides to go back and we see that this was a make or break moment when he walks into that trailer, the way that that shot was where you're just looking at the back of Nikki's head. Mm-hmm. Did you think he was already dead? What did you think was only or for passed a second. out or something or or I was not at all surprised to find a gun on the table, but yeah, I thought I thought he had just hit like the, maybe OD'd or hit something. Hit the bottle pretty hard right right after they it left. It scared the poop out of me for like 2 seconds and then he like totally then the camera came around and they showed him he was like <laughs> he was like his face was like you know not nearly as freaky as I was expecting. I thought that them making this not just he they went back for him, but they went back for him in a moment in time that was life and death that he could have easily made. They could have made a different choice and then likely he would have made a different choice. Right. It brought an intensity to the story that maybe hadn't been there because it was a little like, well, I mean, we want to find Uncle Nicky, but there nothing, nothing at all is really banking on them finding and having a relationship with Nikki. Like, let me explain what I would mean by that. No one needs a kidney that Nikki has the right blood type. There's there's no feverishness of why we have to have a relationship with Nikki. You know, there's no intensity, there's no drive, there's no need. We've got to find him. He's the he's the whole thing. It would be nice for them to have a relationship with Nikki, but at this point, that's really all it is, you know? Unless you believe in what we were talking about earlier and that the greater theme of it takes generations to change a story and that a family can be healed, but it can actually take that much time. Won't this be the 20th anniversary for, for Jack's fire and all that? This, this, uh, at the end of the, this season, which, you know, generation is about 20 years. And so they might be feeling something. I mean, just the, just the idea that Nikki is like a legit link to their dad. They just can't throw that away. Right. You know? Even if it is kind of selfish in that in that regard, now that they know he's kind of a train wreck, they'll probably want to try to save him because they're Pearsons. But <laughs> but I guess what what I'm trying to say is that is that again, like it would be nice to have that link to their dad, and 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 Who I can like blame them. No, no one would. Uh, but um, but what I'm I guess, but the fact that he could have killed himself had they not been there brought a level of urgency. You know, like they, I mean, they could have just petered this along for however long and get to know him and whatever, but there was a different sense of urgency that they act that was Mm. introduced that I appreciated the need for because then otherwise they could have just gone back home and then come back six months later and brought him a birthday present or a Christmas thing or helped him fix up his house or, you know what I mean? Like this could have been drips and drabs of getting to know Uncle Nicky, but there was suddenly this. You've got to get to him and you've got to make this okay, you know? Going to be Kevin's project because Randall just got elected and Kate's having a baby. Zoe's kind of a handful, but she doesn't require as much of attention as the (laughs) other two siblings (laughs) projects. As a full-time addict would. And you know what? I mean, obviously they can have Kevin and Nikki relate to one another on that level too. You know, I mean, he's recovering and, you know, to have some, another link in the family who is somebody who's recovering or needs to be recovering, um, you know, there's a lot there that they they have really already laid the groundwork for. I'm excited for that project. And I hope that, 
like we said, that there's some little bit more revealed, especially about how Rebecca's like, I need to know the truth. You know, this whole idea of like, how much is this going to redefine who Jack was and what the relationship was between Jack and Rebecca if he's allowed to have a laundry list of omissions? She's willing to live with it at the time. He just basically put up a wall in certain parts of his life was just like not know if i could live in that situation i'm like being honest like i i i would try to respect every bit of boundaries and be like okay you don't want to talk about the war okay okay you don't want to talk about your family okay all right like it would to me it would grate on me in a way that's like i don't freaking know who you are like you know you just you block so much off i it would it would kind of drive me crazy well, with only Is that a, shocking news to you, Paul? No. With only a couple <laughs> of exceptions of things that are anchored in the time before Rebecca, everything post-Rebecca, I think is an open book. I mean, he wasn't very forthcoming about the alcoholism. Right. I mean, the, that's also an omission. The second time. But I mean, that that got sorted out. And I love it that we love him so much that you, somebody who has never, ever, ever touched alcohol, could say, well- you know, he lied about the alcoholism the second time, but you know, I mean, he's still a great guy. <laughs> like you just said that that's how much we love him. Like that's a mouthful. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. He had that sort of sad alcoholism, oh. right? Where no one, no, he didn't kill anybody in a car or anything like right, that. Right. Right. So far as we know, we don't know what he omitted. Paul. <laughs> that's true. Now there's like a, now there's a history All here. Right. They're going like, to. Saying whatever he wants to say. Going to spend the rest of the show tearing Jack apart. No, I don't want showing that. Showing that he used to run a brothel or no, something. No, 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 no. I don't want that. I think it's fair that nobody is Superman. I think that they have completely shown that everybody's got chinks in their armor. Everybody's got not even like something that's bad about them, but something that they're ashamed about. That and it could be something of no fault of their own, who they're who they were born to, what their life was like, how someone treated them, whatever it was that they keep locked away somewhere. And how much do you owe in terms of sharing to your spouse or to your kids or to anybody to ever share those things? I feel like that's a valid question that I I think that there's things in my own brain, my own childhood that I don't feel I need to share with my kids and I would never predict I would. So does that make me like I lied to them? Like, do we look at it like Jack lied to the kids or like, no, you know, he protected them and only wanted the good things in life for them. Nikki was a variable. Still is. Life has enough variables when you're a dad of three kids that are the exact same age all at the same time, you know? Yeah. What's that like? Yeah. You try to minimize those things that might come in and disrupt. Nikki blew up a kid. So that's that's a mm. pretty big variable. Good you call know? on that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, overall, did you like this episode? Did you not like this episode? I liked it. It was it was straightforward. It was easy to to understand. It was um the had strong strong themes, but not everything was just like plain on the face. I mean, you still had to think about what you were you were watching and it felt like a 20-minute episode because It did. It was so fast. Yeah. I agree with you, man, that. So so in that regard because anytime a show feels like it was over in a blink of an eye, then I have to know I liked it because then that it left me wanting more. And anytime I want more, anytime I can't wait to see the next episode and what's going to happen, that's my hallmark for like you got it, you pushed all my buttons, you knew what you were doing. Right. I also love a show that's going to ask me what would I do. There's situations like this that are so relatable, so understandable. Everybody has a family member that you know, has some sort of freaky, freaky, freaky story that 
nobody really knows what really happened. And we all wish we had a camera there that could have we could have asked the studio audience, what did he really do? And no one's really going to ever know what the circumstances were. I think that the show, you know, nails it every week with those things. So I can't wait for next week. Please check us out over on so many shows.com. We are going to be hitting up the last part of Mrs. Maisel next week. And you can also hit us for disenchantment for sure. And then we'll see what comes after that. Awesome. Thanks so much, you guys, for listening. Thanks. Catch us on iTunes or your preferred podcast software. Our website, dailyreview.com. That's D-A-L-E-Y review.com. Facebook or Twitter or wherever you find us. Please leave us a comment and a rating to let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for listening, pot people. Thanks for listening to my mom and dad. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Just go home, folks.